are listening to the Wool Academy podcast. This is episode number 65. Hello and welcome. My name is Elizabeth Van Delden and once a week we talk to an industry expert from the wool industry supply chain from farm to fashion and beyond, delivering strategies and insights to be successful in wool and showcasing those beautiful stories wool has to tell. Pierre-Carlo Zedder is together with his brother the director of their family-owned business called Pantex, based in Biella in Italy. Pier Carlo is also the vice president of the International Wool Textile Organization and the president of the Italian Wool Trade Association. I'm so very happy to welcome Pier Carlo Zeda on the show today. Pier Carlo, how are you? Lisa, I am very good. Thank you. And thank you for uh, having me here. I'm really delighted. It's a long time that we don't talk and it's a good uh, opportunity to talk and also to say something about uh, what I do. Yes, excellent. And I look very much to learning more about you and your company. So why don't you tell us more about yourself and the work that you do? Okay, so... First of all, my name is Piercarlo Zeda, and I am with my brother Giovanni, the CEO of Pantex SPA. That's a wool merchant company based in Mongrando in the outskirts of Biella. Since I was uh, very young, I used to spend time in the family wool warehouse, and I remember spending part of my school holidays in the sorting department, enjoying to learn the sorting of the wool and of the wool wastes. After school, I had experiences out of the family business. And first I started in a technical side, including quality controls. And later uh, in a textile agency to learn how to sell raw materials. And finally, in 1988, I joined Pantex. So it's quite a long time that I'm stay in this company yeah and you learned all about the company already as a child i didn't even know that so that's very interesting <laughs> yes <laughs> now tell us then a little bit more about pantex yes first of all i can say that i we used to say in an idiomatic expression in italy that i always breathe wool since i was a, a child Yes, and, uh, okay, <laughs> our company is uh, specialized in supplying wools of all origin for just-in-time and forward delivery. We mainly source our greasy wool from Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and South America. And well, our wools are combed in tops and uh, in open tops form in uh, commission plants and mainly in Italy for the moment. We also supply to our customer cut tops from 30 to 120 millimeters, then scoured wool and carbonized wool, and also raw and carbonized noils and spinning and weaving wool byproducts. Wool is always in our products in Pantex. Okay, so wool in all sorts of types and forms, and you will explain to us a little bit later all what the individual products are. But before yes. you do, um, tell us a little bit about the beginnings of Pantex, as we now know that it's already a quite an old company. And how has the company developed over time? 
Yes. So indeed, this year uh, we have uh, celebrated the 45th anniversary of Pantex. Pantex, that uh, the first part of the name comes from the Greek pan, that means soul, and uh, tex, of course, stands for textile, that was established in Biella the 24th of January 1972 and grew out of different company experiences which had started in the early 1900s. Today Pantex means, uh, I mean, just-in-time service without standard quality, care for animal welfare and environment. Yeah, and that's also something we will talk about later on. Yeah. And, but who do you typically serve as your customer? Well, with uh, our wools that cover a wide range of individual type, including fleeces and pieces from 14 to 34 microns and uh, land from 40 to 90 millimeter, we supply our typical customer based in Italy and in Europe that produce worsted and woolen yarn mainly for knitting and weaving, but also we supply mills to produce wool technical textiles. And uh, during the year we have uh, built a trustful relationship with our customer who feel very comfortable with in our uh, standard type because they know that what we, we offer and we sell and is what we delivered. And so we can fulfill the, very well their needs. Yeah, that's always important in business, for sure. Now, okay, now let's get more technical. Um, yeah. So please explain to us what is scoured wool and what is carbonized wool. And then also for what product, production steps in the supply chain um, would you use these types of pro products? Well, yes. So I'm quite happy to explain all that. So... The wool which has been shorn is known as greasy wool, which not only contains grease, the basis of which is lanolin, but also contaminants including sewing, dirt, dust and sand. So typically the total amount of contaminating presence in greasy wool is around 35 to 40% of the total fleece weight. And these contaminants needs to be removed before the greasy wool can be processed. And this is done by a process as raw wool scouring, known the name, that it make it ready for the next stage of manufacturing. The scouring process that involves the greasy wool being washed, usually in a series of bowl by using alkali soap, Uh, water and at, at various temperatures that uh, this is used to remove the dirt, the grease and the sewing from the wool. The, the second process is the carbonizing that is a chemical process with sulfuric acid which uh, remove vegetable matter such as seeds, burrs and grass from scoured wool or wool wasting that occurs if the greasy wool contain a high percent of vegetable matter typically more than 2-3%. In case of a greasy wool, a continuous process uh, of, uh, is applied. So when you have to carbonize a greasy wool before you scour and then you carbonize it. And uh, our uh, customer asks for scoured and carbonized wool for the wool and spinning yarns and for knitting or for weaving. And so, 
this. Yeah, okay, that that is very well explained. Thank you so much. And I always wonder these, you know, vegetable matters, why it, isn't it washed out? Is it because it's so entangled with the wool or why doesn't it come out just from scouring? <laughs> Well, uh, not all the wool comes out from the scoury, and then in, in certain cases, the uh, the wool uh, that uh, we buy might have uh, more than two three percent of EM as well. A part of it uh, may may come out with the scour, but very little. Okay, so usually they're just, yes, they just hang in there. These vegetable yes. matters. Okay. Yes. <laughs> And then also you mentioned um, that you offer tops and open tops. And can you explain um, what the difference is and what these different tops yes. are used for? Trying to, to give you a rough idea of what it is uh, very quickly. So wool tops and upper tops, we can consider them as semi-processed products from greasy wool. For both products, the process requires that wool to be scoured, then carded, combed, and drawn. And the objective of combing are to remove the short fibers, known as noils, and we will speak later about that, the removal of naps that are very small clusters of fibers, most of which are formed during the carding operation, and also the removal of any traces of any remaining vegetables matter, such as burrs, seed, grass. Fibers longer, normally more than two inches, are used in the worsted process in a sliver form and are called tops. The fibers from one to three inches after the combing will be packed in a loose form to be used in the woolen process and are called open tops. So mainly these are the difference. Okay, and worsted spinning is used to make, for example, suit fabric and woolen would be more for, um, for, for example, tools Well, for knitting, yes, but also mm -hmm. for uh, woolen weaving. Mm -hmm. So you so. can have a beautiful woolen jacket. <laughs> so yeah, so nice. the little hairs are still sticking out a little bit. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, thanks for that explanation. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and um, also tell us, yeah, you said you just mentioned noise. So what yes, are noise and what are they used for? Well, noise has always been in a, a good part of our business in the past and still is a part of our business. And the noise are the short fibers removed in the combing process that are used in the woolen system. Noils can be carbonized in order to remove the vegetal matter before they use in the wool spinning for knitting. And uh, if noils were allowed to remain in tops, would result both in lower efficiency during the spinning operation and an inferior appearance, for instance, less smooth fabric and uh, less wear performance and also peeling in the final article of clothing. Okay, so it's good that these noils um, are yes. removed. But then... Else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then they can be used somewhere else. So, um, yeah. and is that what you would call also wool waste? Or yes, uh, this is part of the wool waste. We have other wool waste is, uh, from the combing, like the burrs. The burrs are uh, really the, the vegetable matter with the wool attached of it. Okay, 
and um, Burns is a C, I mean, is a part of a VM, and um, it has uh, usually from the the carding operation, uh, they come on they're going to be taken away from the wool, and some wool remain, and by carbonizing them, you can get again some wool that can be used in the woolen systems. So, for, for then noils can be sold raw or carbonized, and the burrs we usually sell carbonized. Then we have other type of wastes, wool uh, wastes, uh, from the spinning, the, the one of the most important uh, are the laps, and then we have the trades waste, and uh, one of the uh, trades waste are from weaving, and other. Um, are the salvages as well from weaving. So threads and salvages can be sold as they are or pulled. And give me an example. What would you actually produce out of noils? What what kind of product? Well, uh, you can produce fabric, uh, fabrics, uh, woolen fabrics. Um, there could be eight, uh, at least maybe 50-60% of noils and then some other long wool and maybe a bit of nylon. There are other uh, fabrics uh, produced in Prato that is uh, probably 70-80% uh, noils and the other 20% of nylon that's a long fiber that it helps in making the yarn. Or you can use it in uh, some uh, knitting uh, yarns for uh, uh, for making nice and uh, soft jumpers. Okay. So I think that's also what I always found fascinating, that nothing gets wasted in the wool industry. Indeed, the grease indeed. gets used and, and even everything yes, in between. In the lanolin, <laughs> we use it for a lot of beautiful creams for women and for many other purposes. And everything from the sheep is going to be used. Yeah, excellent. Well, that brings us also to the next topic of sustainability, because I saw on your website you emphasize a lot on traceability, sustainability, quality control, and also certifications. So why are these topics important to you, but also to your customers? Well, first of all, probably because of my part of my job life was also in quality control. Uh, it's always been very important for me and, and so for my company to have a good control, a quality lab and so on. And of course, uh, today is more and more important for our customers to know the provenance of the wool they buy and also to know if those wool comes from farms where the animal welfare and the sustainable good practices are applied. Chemical sustainability is also very important and for all this reason we have chosen to process our wools in those plants where environmental and social responsibility and sustainability are applied. In uh, uh, let's say October 2015 we have obtained a certification from Health and Textile Association stating that tops, open tops, covered and carbonized wools and wool noils made by Pantex meet all health and textile requirements and have been included in the health and textile projects financed by the Italian Ministry of Health for the purpose of safeguarding public health and for guaranteeing the end consumer safety and transparency for textile products and clothing. And uh, 
in order to achieve it, we have been audited and we have provided to Health and Textile Association all the information concerning our supply chain, chemical compounds, substances used in the production process, and we have also undergone the tests required by the association. So products, then, so actually products made out of the wool that you supply are safe to wear by the consumer? Yes, okay. yes, indeed. Cool. <laughs> and also since the late 90s, uh, because of my past experience, we realized the importance of uh, quality controls and we set up our own lab to test the fineness and the length of the fibers we, and we acquired later on FDA and the Nalmeter and recently we have become a certified Interval Laboratory, Interval Labs Laboratory. Yes, well, congratulations on that. Thank you. And actually, we also talked to Michael Jackson, who explained what Ofta and Almeta is. So I will link yes. to that um, podcast. And I think we also spoke to Götz Giebel, who's currently the oh, president yes. of Interwulab. So I will also make sure to link to that so that Good. our listeners know exactly what all this is about. Okay, Pier Carlo. Now yes. we talked a lot about Pantex, and the, you explained to us what all the products are. Thank you for that. But as everyone or many people in the wool industry, you also wear several other hats, and you know um, because you work in as the president of the Italian Wool Trade Association. Yes. And you are also vice president of IWTO. So I want to ask you a little bit more also on this. But first, because you know the Italian wool industry so well, and in particular, you know Biella so well, can you tell us a little bit more about Biella and how wool is important to Biella? And well, well, first of all, let's say that Biella lies in the foothills of the Alps and is located between Turin and Milan. So now you have an idea of where Biella is. And then uh, I can say that the ancient textile tradition of Biella is the result of its natural morphology. In, in fact, the first archaeology evidence dates uh, 500 BC, while the old textile corporation dates back after 1000 AD. This is a bit of history that's, and more. That's very I say, old, yes. <laughs> yes. In, 12, in uh, 1214, the statute of Biella, you have to know, that were already referring to wool workers and weaver guilds. That's incredible. Yeah. And in the 19th century, with the introduction of the first machinery, the artisan production turned into industry, and the first industrial complex came then to life. Initially, their position based upon the availability of hydraulic energy, but then following the spread of new energy resources, large factories multiplied in the plain and Biella soon became one of the world's most qualified center of the wool textile industry. So, Biella's textile industry of today is one of the most important international center for the wool industry and the production of fabrics made from mainly from wool and other precious fibers like cashmere, alpaca and mohair. But just let me point out that wool is, in my opinion, a precious fiber today, being more or less 1% of the total fiber wool production. And the, the very fine wools are really, really very precious, in my opinion. 
Yes, I so agree. <laughs> as well as worsted and cardem yarn used for the weaving and the knitwear, there are also combing, steel combing and dyeing and finishing shop that round off this technological advanced supply chain focus also on protecting consumer health and environment. Okay, so there's a really long history of wool in yes. Biela and lots of expertise, as you just said, towards the, the end. Okay, that yes. sounds really good. And then, yeah, as I said, you are currently the president of the Italian Wool Trade Association. Tell yes. us a little bit more about the association and also what are your goals in the association? Okay, so the Italian Wool Trade Association, that uh, it, it has a long history. In fact, uh, the first registered meeting is dated 16 of April 1920, so much older than IWTO this association to the textile industry, the largest number of company for the supply of textile raw materials, that uh, which themselves cover 90% uh, of the need of the Italian market. And I tell you that we are proud to have in our association also members from other European countries and with SMI, that is the Sistema Moda Italia, we are very active in IWTO. Our association uh, represents the interest of the wool trade and through our members aims to connect the wool entire supply chain. Okay, so your members are basically everyone who supplies raw wool or scour yes. wool, etc. to the, the spinning and weaving mills in mainly yes. in Italy. Okay. And in the last uh, years, uh, we have also opened uh, to, uh, uh, I mean, uh, we have given the possibility to spinners and weaver and uh, other uh, people of the supply chain to, to become uh, also associate member of our association in order to give them the opportunity of having more and more information of what is the full uh, world. Okay, so you're opening up your, your membership. Okay, yes. so I can become a member someday as well. Of course, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, and then yeah, you mentioned IWTO already a few times. So you're the vice yeah. president of the International Wool Textile Organization and that's actually where we met because we worked together in yes. the association. So tell me, why is it important for you to be so deeply engaged in, like, not only on the national level in your wool trade association, but also on international levels? Well, um, I have to spa start uh, from my childhood. So I can say that for me, wool, it has always been very important. And uh, everything that you can do to uh, get uh, a better uh, word for the wool, I'm happy to be involved in. So uh, I can say that since the beginning of my engagement in IWTO, I saw the importance for IWTO, for instance, to be in a cooperative contact with governments and organizations like OIE and the FAO. And you know very well that because at the time we were working together in, in all this mm -hmm. uh, type of operation. So living in Europe, having our head office in Brussels made easier to contact those organizations and start a cooperation with them. 
And uh, one of my goals was uh, to facilitate the import and the transport of the greasy wool from the wool growers countries and in Europe. We achieved a good result with the EU regulation 1063 in 2012. This was a very good result in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, and I thought and it was quite encouraging that actually you can, you know, change regulations that yes. make sense for an industry. Yes. So I think that was quite... Um, we are still uh, need to do something. I don't know if I will be able to do it in, in my time in IWTO, but there's still something to do and I hope that it will be done in the future. Anyhow, since the very first attack to wool from animalist organization, I saw also that animal welfare as a priority. And uh, let's say thanks to the excellent work of IWTO Welfare Working Group, during IWTO 2013 in Biella, the Congress, we presented the first version of the Animal Welfare Guideline for Wool Sheep with the support of IE, FAO and EU. And then another good uh, thing was that in Cape Town in November 2012, you may remember, we had the first meeting of the Sustainable Practices Working Group. And I remember the, the, the email of call we were in for, you, other two people, and myself. <laughs> <laughs> Today, the vision of IWTO is a, is a sustainable profit international industry working together for the future of wool. And sustainability is one of the IWTO core values. So. I'm quite happy about that. Yes. Yeah. And indeed, the working groups on animal welfare and sustainability at IWTO have achieved a lot. And it's good that people like you are driving the process to make achievements in the future. Well, yes. thank you so much, Pierre Carlo, for explaining us about Pantex and your products, as well as Biella and the Italian wool industry and also your work at IWTO. If well, any, yeah, thank you so much. If anybody wanted to find out more about Pantex or also about the Italian Wool Trade Association, where should they go? Well, uh, for Pantex, I would suggest our website www.pantex-spa.it. And about the Italian Wood Trade Association, the website is www dot iwta dot it that it will tell all about our Italian wool trade organization association. Yes, that's quite um, must be confusing from time to time. It's iwta for the <laughs> Italian wool trade association and iwto dot org for the uh, international wool textile organization. Elisa, this is my fault because uh, <laughs> it was my idea uh, to to give uh, an English name also to our uh, Associazione Italiana del Commercio Laniero and in my opinion Italian Wool Trade Association was the right translation and yeah. of course it becomes IWTA. <laughs> yeah, no, but yeah, it's easy. 
it does make sense. It's easy to understand what your association is about. So yes. you chose well. Well, thank you, Pierre Carlo. Okay. It was lovely chatting to you. Thank you for your time. And I'll talk to you soon again. Okay. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for giving, to giving, giving me this opportunity. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hopefully you learned a few new things from Pier Carlo. If you want to find out more about Pier Carlo's company Pantex and all the other topics that we discussed today, then head on over to the show notes at elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 065. Once again, elizabethvandelden.com forward slash 065. If you are traveling in the next couple of weeks, make sure to download a few Wool Academy podcast episodes onto your smartphone. You can download this podcast from iTunes as well as from Stitcher. Thank you for listening. Talk to you again next week and bye for now.